comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Yo, 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 what is oh, going no. on? It is the oh, no. Soccer Show. Uh, welcome to the Stateside Soccer That was my YouTube entrance. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. We are talking episode 82 now. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. Um, and we did most of them this year like that's pretty crazy yeah i was trying to think if you would get to 100 i was like trying to do the math i think we'll stop like short it'd be like 90 something but who knows at this point and uh, yeah yeah and we've been it was it three weeks ago was the year anniversary of it so still doing like 80 or 79 in 52 weeks is pretty impressive too. So Mm -hmm. like that's way more than one a week at this rate. So, (laughs) um, you know, uh, that's pretty good, but I am Jordan Wiegand and, you know, please forgive me if I busted your eardrums at the beginning with the yo's and the yo-yo man himself is Logan Stump here with me today. I was kind of like, what's happening? I thought somebody was taking over the podcast. It was like, this is like a, <laughs> got a takeover or something. I seriously thought of doing that like one second before the music stopped. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do it. I figure why not have some fun? You know, it's been an awful day. So why not? Right. Like uh, for me anyway, yeah. um, have some fun with it. Um, okay. So we are going to be talking uh, MLS clinching playoff scenarios uh we have you know the last five games of some of these eastern conference that we're going to look at uh maybe next week we'll take a look at the uh oh you do have the west on here too okay yeah west, and we'll yeah. talk about the west as well uh thank you logan for the notes um i was bored <laughs> <then> today <laughs> it's your last day of fall break yeah. right yeah so well, i put together a nice little chart that. that we'll put on twitter <laughs> Uh, and then we had, um, we will also talk some Pepe news and we'll also talk some um, uh, U.S. men's national team as we didn't get a chance to talk about the Costa Rica game yet. So we will talk about that as well. And maybe we start with that. Should we start with that? Just get out of the way. Might as well. Okay. So uh, the USA beat Costa Rica 2-1 in let's say a nervy game at times right like uh Hmm. fuller scoring in the first minute on 
you know, let's give the background here too. Like uh, they did start Stefan, like we maybe thought he would um, mm-hmm. in this game. And it was kind of unnecessary to change out something like that when you're also changing the two center backs pairing <clears throat> as well. I was a little nervous about that. And, you know, one minute into the game, Stefan, um, it's hard to say if somebody else would have saved it. I think Matt Turner saves it just because he's a better shot stopper. And it just seemed like it almost felt like in slow motion, didn't it? Like as it's going, I'm like, Oh, he's going to whiff on this. Cause it was just seemed like it was moving so slow and it was like time had stopped. And I'm able to like every seeing everything so clear. And um, yeah. And the goal goes in and you're like, Oh, here we go. Like Berhalter's Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) <laughs> at the end of this game <laughs> right because yeah. uh, we would have been hitting the panic button uh but dest equalizes in the 25th minute and at halftime we're at least 1-1 and we have played some very good soccer as well where you're thinking okay now they're they're building up well they're passing well can they act you know because there's some games like what the honduras game away where mm-hmm. we couldn't connect a pass if we were three inches away from each other and this one we were doing some some good buildup, some good passing. It was looking pretty good, uh, but the final product wasn't wasn't there. And then in the second half, 66 minute, an own goal is how they have it credited uh, credited here. But it was shot from uh, Timothy Weah um, to uh, to give us the lead to one, and they were able to hold on to that. And you know, we got to see like Hoppy come in late and. Yedlin came in, Busio came in, Zimmerman came in to help lock it down, and Zardes came in to get you know his standing ovation in Columbus. So uh, overall, it puts the USA still second place in the groups. We're almost halfway. That is what six games, mm-hmm. and there's fourteen. So this Mexico game that's coming up in November is the halfway point, and it's in a in the USA. It's in Cincinnati. You know, if you get a draw or a win there, then it's it's probably going to be really, really good. I feel I would feel pretty good, like and especially if you win against Mexico, that's going to tie you for first place. And at that yeah. point, I don't think we can have too many complaints. And when you would look at seven more games, we'd probably feel pretty good about at least getting to the playoff round in the fourth spot. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'd, you'd feel really good if you can get if you can come away with even. Um... You know, I would say you can come away with two points, three points um, in this window. Like, you're still not in really bad shape. I think the two wins in this last window were big when I didn't think we were going to get it, and all hell started to break loose against Costa Rica. Um, But, again, you played Jamaica. Uh, It is in Jamaica, but I think that – or wherever they play. um, I think you can manage a, a solid point there. Um, that's what I'd be looking for. Any kind of points you can get on the road uh, in CONCACAF. And it could be huge if you get four points. If you get four points out of this window, um, that's probably the best we could ask for. And uh, you're looking really good as far as taking one of those three, you know, three spots that are up there. Because um, I do feel like uh, – I started to feel like that the, the rest of the pack is kind of breaking away. Um, I think Panama um, is starting to kind of float back down just because they got smashed in by Canada – um, I think the U.S. can beat Panama at home. Um, so I think that, you know, beating Costa Rica is big because it, it widens that gap between them and Costa Rica. Now it's just worried about, you know, worrying about Panama. And if Panama can't do anything and, and the U.S. can supplant them um, or if Panama drops a couple games coming up in this window, 
um, you know, because I, I think they they play Honduras and El Salvador, games they should win. But if they drop points here, I could see this being pretty much a clenching uh, a window uh, as far as getting ahead of the pack. Then it's just about jockeying between Mexico, Canada, and U.S. Pretty good stuff. I have a pretty good feeling that the top four would probably be USA, Mexico, Canada, Panama. Yeah, and I think that's probably the four we're going to get here. With Panama probably playing in the playoff yeah. against the other intercontinental team. Yeah. But, guys, I mean, the, the guys looked really good. I thought Tyler Adams played really well. And then there was a game against Barcelona that he played against. Uh, or not. Uh, who did they play against? PSG. Oh, they played PSG. Sorry. Um, I'm used to Messi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Used That's that, not right. Though. Yeah. Tyler Adams had a great game. Um, had one blunder that he kind of gave away in the midfield. But. If you watch it back, their defense should have had something to do with it. it they kind of Tyler Adams turns it over in a dangerous spot, but it's not like there weren't other defenders around trying to get to the ball as well, um, at least in the back. So, um, but Tyler Adams played really well in this window. I, I thought he looked the best that he he's possibly looked in uh, all of qualifying, all of his history with the U.S. team. Um, he's been hurt a lot, so that was good to see him stay healthy. Uh, Serginho Dest did come off uh, limping after a. He didn't come off the pitch, but he, he played with a limp. And, and at the end of the game, you could tell he was in some pain. Um, but I don't think it's going to be anything lasting. I thought Dest played well. His goal was phenomenal. Um, it kind of had that spark that the U.S. needed, especially in the first half. They had gone, I think, 12 and said uh, nine first halves or eight first halves without a goal, <laughs> which is absolutely nuts uh, that we're still talking about the U.S. being maybe the number one team in, in that region. Um because they, they're only three behind Mexico. But to not have goals like that in that first half is pretty dangerous. Um, yeah, they've yeah. been uh, – you know, we've kind of talked about it on the show, I think, before too, that the first halves of these games um, at times have been really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, but Flat. but this one had a good first half, and it was probably mm. the best first half uh, the USA had played for quite some time. So it was nice to see that. Yeah, going down 1-0 that early and then being able to build up some attack, I thought their midfield looked the best they've ever looked with Eunice Musa, uh, Weston McKinney, and you had Tyler Adams in the middle. Like that's a, That was one that they thought was going to be a dangerous midfield, and, and I think it kind of shows exactly what they're going to be. Now throw in Kristen Pulisic or Gio Reyna up on the wings, um, and no knock against Brendan Aronson, who's probably been one of our best players. Um, for the U.S. team, and I, you know, oh crap, that scared me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Timothy Weah with a rocket, and I think you see, I think you're starting to see, you're, you're starting to see Greg being forced, uh, at least his hand being forced, because once these guys get healthy, like once you have a healthy squad, and once you have guys that can travel internationally, and it's becoming easier because the quarantine restrictions are kind of coming up a little bit. I think you're starting to see Greg his hand being forced. I think that you're starting to see. And this is not a knock against MLS. This is a knock against the guys that are playing that are from the MLS. They're just not better than uh, some of these guys that are playing internationally. I think Timothy Way is fantastic. I think Brendan Aronson's probably one of our top players and prospects coming up. Eunice Moose has been one of our best players coming up. And if Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney are healthy, they're probably two of our best players. So, again, I, I think it's more about quality of players. It's not against the league. I think we've got really good players that come from the league but they're just depth pieces because they're not better than some of these guys that are starting. Well, I think it's, you know, uh, you know, Ariola was in the lineup until he had to get yeah. scratched because of an injury and the injury probably caused because he's been playing too much under Burhalter. Um, 
you know, to play 90 minutes. Didn't he play like 90 minutes game one? Yeah, and then like he played again. 45 in minutes game two, mm-hmm. and then he was going to start this game, which is probably at least 45, 60 minutes here. Yeah. When you have Wea, who is there, and you have Hoppy, who hadn't had a minute yet at this time, like, it was a little excessive, um, yeah. is one thing I'll say when it comes to Greg there. Just a little too excessive with the Areola. I like Paul Areola. But, you know, you, the reason when you have three games in three, like, it, when you have three games in seven days, it, you shouldn't be playing one player, like, at least, like, 45 to 60 minutes a game mm-hmm. in all three of those games if they're, like, not an instrumental member of the team. So one thing I, I think that both of us would like to see, Jordan Morris is kind of inching his way back. I, I'd like the U.S. To, to win a couple games here and make that, you know, that January, February, whatever, the March window not as important so that some of these guys can get some run. Because Jordan Morris, while he might not play for the U.S. team in the World Cup, I, I feel like he deserves his shot and he was going to get his shot uh, coming up in this qualifying. So I think that Given the chance, I think he's probably our best quality player, obviously, in, in MLS. And I think that putting him in and getting him some chances, who knows? Who knows what he could provide? He could very well be a depth option come November of next year. Um, all right. Let's uh, – we, we can move on from the U.S. then? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, over the weekend, we had uh, – kicking off everything here at 1 o'clock on a Saturday – was Montreal versus Philadelphia at, in Montreal. Um, you had uh, the Montreal Im- uh, I almost said impact scoring in the 33rd minute by Milovic. Uh, if I said that right, Mil- Milovic, right? <clears throat> Milovic. Um, scoring in the 33rd minute. And then uh, you had an own goal for the Union in the 63rd minute. Uh, which gave them a 1-1 game, and then Kai Wagner scoring in the 77th minute, and then a last kick of the ball, Abraham scoring in the 90-plus-5 to equalize for Montreal to take the win away from the Union. Um, so just uh, some bad luck there for the Union, uh, but you know, pretty okay for Montreal. I think they... You know, they're, they're still kind of in the hunt here. They had more possession. They had way more shots than the Union. Um, so they, I'd say a draw is probably fair in, in this regard. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, we had LAFC versus San Jose. Uh, Mazowski scoring in the third minute. Uh, Arango scoring in the 28th minute. Then Fierro for San Jose making it 2-1 in the 61st. And then Rango scoring again in the 88th to make it 3-1 LAFC as they kind of get back on the winning uh, mode here. They've been, what is that, two in a row at least? Uh, They've been doing well. They had less possession and less shots than San Jose, but they pull out the win. So pretty big there for LAFC. Uh, We had Columbus smash. Miami 4-0. Remember when Miami like smashed Columbus and they said, oh, Miami is the best team in the East. Yeah. <laughs> and then now you have Zardes, uh, Santos, Zardes, and Gonzalo Perez own goal uh, putting the ball in the back of the net in the 39th, 44th, 64th, 83rd minute to give the crew 
a four nil victory over Miami. We'll talk about where they stand a bit later. Uh, New England revolution drew with Chicago two two at Gillette. Uh, uh, Cap Tuom scoring in the 47th minute. Uh, then in the 48th minute, Madron equalizing for Chicago. Gustavo Bo scoring in the 76th minute. And then in the 88th, Aliceta for Chicago, making it 2-2. So, uh, you know, they usually don't lose there, the Revs, and they didn't. They did get the draw. But to go from a winning position to a draw uh, is not great. Um, <clears throat> Orlando traveled over to Cincinnati West End Stadium. And uh, Urso Jr. scored in the 13th minute to make it 1-0, and that was all she wrote. We had D.C. versus Nashville, 0-0 at Audi Field. D.C. holding on, uh, holding Nashville down. You know, Nashville is famously in second place right now. Uh, holding them down, pretty good result for D.C. It's four straight draws for D or uh, for Nashville. <laughs> yeah, they need us to get scoring again. Yeah. They really like to draw. They they lead all of MLS with fifteen. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot, um, and I think that's where I think when you're in the playoffs, I think that's where it comes into concern. Um, you, you're talking about a team that just can't get over the hump and win games. Uh, you got teams that can win games. Um, they either win or they draw. They don't lose very much. I'll give them that, but drawing is not going to get it done in the playoffs. All right, we had Atlanta beat Toronto till 2 0. There was two red cards here. Um, Araujo scoring for Atlanta in the 45th plus two. Then you get a red card for Toronto in the 83rd, a red card for Barco in the 84th, and then Moreno scoring in the 90 plus seven to make it a 2 0 victory for Atlanta. Um, Houston beat Seattle. Shocker here. Um, your Rudy scoring, Quintero scoring, and then Madrondo scoring for Seattle all in the first half to make it 2-1, but Houston's going to hold on there, get the victory. Minnesota, who I'm repping today, beat Austin in Austin at Q2 Stadium. Fraga Payne scoring in the 16th minute to make it 1-0 for the Loons, and that uh, that was it on the score sheet. Then we had Salt Lake beat Colorado 3-1. Krylock scoring in the 13th minute. Rubin scoring in the 56th. Namli scoring for Colorado in the 73rd minute. And then uh, Julio scoring 90 plus 6 to reinstate a two-goal lead there for RSL. Uh, Then we had LA Galaxy versus Portland uh, with uh, the... um, L, uh, Chicharito here. Uh, LA Galaxy is going to take the lead in the 62nd minute. Blanco is going to tie it up 72nd minute with uh, a goal that looked like it was a, a cross. <laughs> and then Kleshton with the penalty kick in the 90 plus two. And then on the Sunday games, we had New York Red Bull versus NYCFC. Caceres. Junior, it's Caceres or Caceres? I was going to say, I always feel like I mess up. So Caceres. Third minute in, scoring for Red Bulls 1-0. That was it. They win the Hudson River Derby there. And then uh, Vancouver beat SKC 2-1. 
with Gold, uh, Tybert scoring, and Johnny Russell scoring. All of those in the first half as well. But Vancouver holds on. Okay. So, I know that was just a lot of score lines that we just went through. But let's go ahead and look at the standings. We have the Revolution in first place with 66 points. There are, I think, 12 points... No, they are, sorry, six points off of tying the all-time points record. Mm -hmm. So they need two wins and a draw to break that. Uh, We have Nashville in second with 48 points, Philly in third with 46, Orlando in fourth with 45. Then the gap is kind of growing here. Atlanta in fifth with 42, DC in sixth with 41, Montreal in seventh with 41. NYCFC and Red Bull both with 40 points. They are outside the playoff spot, but it's the first time in a long time that the Red Bulls are even with NYCFC on points. NYCFC that at one point was in like second place in like the early summer or whatever it was uh, when they were on a hot streak. Then we have the crew in 10th with 37 points, Miami in 11th with 32. And then the eliminated teams, Chicago, Toronto, Cincinnati, rounding it out there on the west coast we have seattle in first with 57 skc in second with 52 colorado in third with 51 portland up to fourth with 46 rsl in fifth with 42 la galaxy in sixth with 42 minnesota in seventh with 41 just barely hanging on there as vancouver is up to eighth place with 40 points and lafc in ninth with 37 points and san jose in 10th with 33 points, they're probably going to be eliminated soon. Um, I would think here. And then Houston is eliminated. Dallas is not with 28 points. They've played one less game than Houston. And Austin is uh, eliminated. Crazy. Uh, so let's take a look at your your chart you, you made us here. This is... For the Eastern Conference, you gave us the points here. Uh, we're not sharing it, I guess, right? But uh, they gave us you gave us the points. You give us who their next five games are. This is the last five games of the season, right? Right, yeah. So uh, every single team, it worked out well. Um, if you eliminate the Revs um, because they're way clear of the 48 points that, that Nashville currently has, then there's not enough draws in the world to get them up to them. Um, so the, the Revs we've taken out, they've clenched that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They look like the team to beat uh, as far as just a team that continues to win or just bang out draws, um, even with some of their guys not healthy. Um, it, it's been really impressive uh, with Carlos with Carlos Heel going down. They thought maybe, you know, they would have fallen back towards the pack. I think he missed like a month or a month and a half, um, but they were able to stay clear. But yeah, so what I did is I, I took all the teams that are in contention still. Um, and yes, Miami, we added you late. Uh, <laughs> I texted Jordan and said, uh, Jordan, you think we should add Inter Miami to the to the Eastern Conference mix because they they are nine points off the off the seventh spot. Um, and while I, it is mathematically reachable um, and, and doable, I, I don't know if Miami necessarily has it going with six losses in a row. I, I'm not sure that Miami's heading in the right direction to make that playoff push. Um, I love when people say that Gonzalo Higuain is going to go off and just go on a tear. Um, hasn't done it yet, but we'll we'll continue to watch that story. Um, <laughs> So, I, I mean, I took down the seven uh, in the East. We'll start with the East. And I took down, you know, the seven teams that I thought, or sorry, it's uh, 
five or six teams because the revs are out. Um, I took the six teams in the, in the playoff spots behind the revs. Um, you got Nashville in second, Philly third, Orlando fourth, Atlanta fifth, uh, DC sixth, and then Montreal seventh. Um, and I was looking at their schedule cause I was, I was fascinated to try to figure out, you know, what teams Jordan do we think are teams that are in trouble? And I guess we could just kind of talk about these teams here that sit. Um, I would say from, you know, honestly, I would say from Orlando down, uh, just with the run of form and the, and the schedule that they have left, I feel like those are all teams down to about Columbus-ish. I would say that that could really make a push and fall or, you know, get out of the playoffs or find themselves looking uh, from the outside in. I would obviously say Orlando's got an advantage being five points clear of NYCFC. But that being said, I do feel like with their current run of form and with Orlando's schedule that they have left, it makes them very prone to being thrown down into the mix. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can kind of talk about that. Philadelphia, Jordan, how do you feel about your union? You feel you feeling confident because you can see their five games there. They've got at Minnesota, then they go home to play Nashville, and then at Toronto against a very bad Toronto team, and then going home against a very bad Cincinnati team, and then playing against a very, very bad right now NYCFC team uh, at Yankee Stadium or in Central Park where they end up deciding to play. Uh, I feel I feel okay. <clears throat> I mean, it's uh, I, I was trying to share this, but it's not sharing it at, at well enough here. It's very zoomed out still. I got to figure out how to zoom in on this. Um, oh, here it is. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Union have, uh, like you said, they have what Minnesota, mm-hmm. Nashville, Toronto, Cincy, NYCFC. Two of those are in the playoff spots right now. I feel pretty good. They're six points up on NYCFC who they will have to play again. So, you know, if anything were to happen, um, I guess they have that game against them coming up. Uh, Otherwise, and it's like, if they lose to Nashville, it's not like other teams will gain ground off that unless the other team does well as well. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're going to be losing ground. Like uh, the team I would worry about is Orlando here with how much, um, with the Orlando schedule, because while the Union have Minnesota, who is a, you know, a um, they're number seven team over on the other side. Yes, but yeah. but they're they're Minnesota is not gaining anything on the Union, right? Like right. the Orlando is going to have Montreal Revs, mm-hmm. Crew, Nashville, Montreal. Four of those currently already sit in playoff spots. One of those, the crew, can still conceivably get in there. So that mm-hmm. is a little worrying for me if you're Orlando. But you have the five-point lead. But when you look at a team like Atlanta, mm-hmm. which Orlando only has a three-point lead on, is that Atlanta faces no teams that are currently in the playoff spot. They face NYCFC, then Miami, then Toronto, then New York, Red Bull, then Cincy. Um, they're probably picking up three wins out of that, maybe. Yeah. Or more. Yeah, and all three of those first games are home. So the NYCFC, Miami, and Toronto game are all at home. Which, I mean, Atlanta at home is very difficult to beat, uh, especially with their crowd being the biggest one in the MLS. Um, And then, like you said, Jordan, uh, a Red Bull team that is on the outside looking in, hoping to get in, but they've just been a roller coaster ride. And Cincinnati, I mean, I, I feel like no matter where you play Cincinnati at this point, 
doesn't matter. It's automatic three points. So, especially at the end of the season, I don't think they'll be really doing anything at that point because they'll have wooden spoon in hand, and they won't want to give that up, would they? <laughs> no, uh, no, they want some sort of piece of uh, memorabilia, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at a team like DC United, right? Yeah. Who only have to face revs that are currently in a playoff spot, but they do have to go up against NYCFC and Red Bull, who are right outside of it, and Crew. Mm-hmm. So, and with the way DC plays, is sometimes they'll be really good, sometimes they won't. So, I'd be worried if I'm DC because if you lose those games to NYCFC and Red Bull, they're leapfrogging you yeah. in the standings, and you're going to have to face the Revs. Now you're facing Revs at home, which is, you know, uh, you're facing them in DC. I mean, not at Revs home, but um, so you know, maybe more of a slip up there for the Revolution. But I really feel like with the way that they're going to be probably pushing for this points record i would assume they care about it i don't know uh then maybe maybe that won't be the case right like maybe they're going to just Mm -hmm. go all out but with the way on and off crew have been and with the way on and off toronto's been i think dc actually has a pretty okay schedule it's just they have a few of those teams that are right on the cusp yeah i i feel like I feel like Columbus, Columbus is a stretch. Um, they've got three playoff teams that they've got to play. Um, they play two of those playoff teams on the road. DC is very, very tough to beat at home, and so is Nashville. Um, they've got to play an Orlando team that's been decent on the road when you're considering the rest of the MLS. Um, I think Orlando plays about as formidable as you can on the road um, for a team, and I think you know those are three really tough games. Um, you would like to think they would beat Red Bull, but Red Bull have those moments where they look really sharp. Um, this last weekend when they took down NYCFC, um, I thought they looked decent. I thought Casares looked really good, and I think that they've got the the veteran players at Fabio to play um, and and can really give them a push and advantage. Uh, Jordan, I think the the one team that I would say the outside of those group, like outside of the Columbus and Miami, I, I think NYCFC. Honestly, like I, I don't see them being close. Like I, I feel like with their stretch of games that they've played recently, um, their form, their defense has not been as good as it once was. Their attack has kind of slowed down a little bit. They've had some injuries. I think that you're looking at a team that, you know, I, I, I don't see them winning in Atlanta. I see them playing a very difficult game against DC and playing a union team at the end of the season can never be good because they sharpen their teeth for the playoffs. Mm. Um, and very well, I feel like the union are, are going to be playing for home field there too. That's another thing we didn't really talk about Yeah, with how close these teams are two, three, four, uh, get the home field advantage in that first round. I mean, <laughs> with how close everything is, it just takes Philly and Orlando to lose a game or draw and those other teams to pick up three points where they start to go, oh, crap, um, we need a home field advantage. So, And especially Union and Orlando, they rely heavily on being at home. Um, teams that don't perform as well, and teams don't perform very well on the road in MLS anyway. If you look at the numbers, um, I think the person with the most away wins are the Revs, and they have nine. Um, I think they're tied with Seattle. So, again, those are top elite teams. Um, and if you look at the East, the next best team on the road, uh, I, I think is Orlando, maybe Red Bull. Um, so, you know, four wins, uh, eight draws for Red Bull, six draws for Orlando. Um, those are just teams that kind of just stand in there and try to take some punches. But again, this East, <laughs> the East is really exciting. Um, the West, 
we'll get to, um, obviously, but I think it, there's a widening gap up at the top of their table. Um, whereas the East, from two all the way down to 10, I mean, you could see some really big changes coming um, over the course of the next five games. So that's kind of why I had those listed out there so people can take a look and, and see how they match up. But I agree with you. If I'm looking at a team that's going to make a push, I think Atlanta. Like Atlanta doesn't play anybody. Um, that's formidable, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, three of the worst teams in the MLS um, playing against Atlanta, who's on fire and playing extremely well. Yeah, that's why Atlanta has that really easy schedule, really, yeah. I think, when, you know um... – when you look at NYCFC and Red Bull, they have a lot of games against those playoff teams, which can work mm-hmm. in their favor because they can gain points. But if they're not hot, they're not good enough, then they're just going to get slaughtered and both of those will fall out. And you might even have Columbus leapfrog them to eighth place. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I- I'm not sure there's too much more to talk about this. I mean, Nashville, I think, can really solidify their second place spot by beating yeah. crew they have cincy and they have red bull and they also face philly and orlando as road games but you know having crew at home and red bull at home and then cincy away i think that's i think nashville can i think nashville can solidify second place and you know have a home playoff game this year after playing spoiler last year so that'd mm-hmm. be uh you know in their second season just phenomenal I think, yeah, I think we're good with the East. We can move All right, on let's to the move West. over to the West. Bigger gaps here <laughs> from one to four and then, you know, from the bottom five to the last nine or so. Yeah, we have Sounders five points up on yeah. SKC. They're probably going to be able to lock that down soon. But, uh, you know, when you look at SKC, you know, who have been good this year, they're 52 points, they face four out of their last five as playoff teams, they have Seattle um, next. How does that work? Yeah, there's like a weird oh, game less where, games played yeah. or whatever. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say because the Islanders have Colorado next, then they have yeah. SKC. Um, so you have SKC versus Seattle, then they have LA, then they have Minnesota, and I meant LA Galaxy. Sorry, then they have at Austin, which is three points, and then they'll have um, versus RSL to round it out sounders you know will have to go at colorado which you know are sitting in third which is pretty good then they have to go then they host skc then they have at lafc then they have hosting la galaxy and then they have at vancouver it's all still pretty tough for seattle though uh the two la teams another um cascadia team in vancouver and then facing off against the second and third teams of the west like mm-hmm. It's pretty brutal last stretch here for Seattle, but five points up, they probably have some room to maneuver here. Yeah. It, 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 this one, I was really like, when I was doing this, the the last five for this group, I was like, man, there's a lot of green <laughs> that these teams have to play. I feel like the West are stacked and loaded with the teams that are competitive for a playoff spot. That's going to happen when you have at least, you know, 10 teams deep that are, I guess 10 um, with San Jose being very questionable, like the last group. But when you have a, I guess a tighter group, they're playing each other. And it's, it's interesting because I think when you look at it, the the top three teams are pretty high up in the standings as far as points, you know, Colorado's five points clear of Portland um, and then Portland's four clear of RSL in the fifth spot. So, I mean, 
I do feel like Portland's kind of in a good spot to where, you know, I don't know what else could change for them unless they just go on a bad stretch of games where they're at 46 points. And, and I think being at 46, they're in that even, uh, you know, they're right in that median of teams. And then you've got five through, I guess, five through nine um, that could really see some changing too. Um, the Sounders, I think with the Revs are going to be chasing the supporter shield and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Rebs seem to have run away with that one as well, unless something crazy happens with the Rebs um, and they drop points here. Um, it is interesting to note, though, that um, – and, Jordan, I don't know when the last time it was, but it, it's very difficult to win Supporter Shield and MLS Cup. Uh, and I think the last time it was done uh, – <laughs> I don't want to guess because – I think it was I heard it earlier. Yeah, I heard it earlier. I just don't remember when it was. But it wasn't very often that it happens. Um, and when it does happen – it's very strange. So I, I, I think if I'm a betting man, I would bet the Revs don't win the MLS Cup. Um, I would say that would come from somewhere else. Um, and honestly, with this Western uh, side, I think that the West teams are very competitive. And if you look, I think they've got a lot of quality on the Western side. Um, teams that from one to four really just uh, just vary on the, the way that they can attack, defend. Um, whereas in the East, it's been more of like hot and cold. Um, so I think with the West, it's, it's a lot more interesting just because of there's like little clumps of groups that are really good teams and they're playing against the clumps that are not as good. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the West. Um, do you think anybody on that side above the top seven, Jordan, have a chance, like a realistic chance? Because I know there was a lot of talk about Vancouver and LAFC. And even San Jose, if you want to throw that name in there. Do you really think that any of those three have a shot to get into this mix? Uh, Vancouver and LAFC are probably the only – I'm going to say no to San Jose here. Yeah. But I think LAFC and Vancouver have a shot. Vancouver obviously have a shot because they're one point off. Right. LAFC are four points off with five to go. And they will have to face teams in those playoff spots but they're not going to face teams that are directly above them in that playoffs. I mean, LAFC will face Minnesota and that's probably, and so will Vancouver. And that's probably the, their best chance because yeah. they are seriously right above. They're right below Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So that will, that'll be their best shots. Uh, but they really have to make sure that they're picking up points in all their other matches too, I think. But Minnesota has been a little slower lately too. <laughs> this year's the like I don't know how it normally is, but like the, when I was looking at these tables, I'm like they are so close. I mean, from five down to nine, <laughs> it's pretty really much see. like this, this every year at this point. <laughs> wild, like it, you could be sitting there as a Columbus Crew fan, and with the way that you thought the season was going to go, sneak into the playoffs because the season's so crazy. This this whole league's crazy. And you can make some really big noise in the playoffs and run away with MLS Cup. Like, that's that's wild to me. Um, I mean, just looking at that, because it's so different from the other leagues that we watch, because the top team gets the cup, and it, it's different. This is, I will say it's probably going to be one of these teams that sneak in, yeah. honestly, yeah. that win it all. It just seems <laughs> to go. And, like, nobody was picking crew over uh, yeah. Seattle at points, you know? And, right. you know, they went ahead and did it. So Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of looking at the last uh, five games, it's really gotten me excited just because I think there's a lot of uh, positions that can be lost. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of heartbreak, um, a lot of hope, a lot of positive things that could come from this. I think you're going to see a big break in 
um, some of these teams. And I think that some of these teams that have really struggled second half of the season. It's really shown. Um, I'm shocked, honestly, that Vancouver and Montreal are up that high. So I know the, the two Canadian teams that we had no, we had no chance of them making any kind of noise this season. Um, I know we had them both very low. Um, yeah, there you go. Throw, throw it up there. I think they were both in the bottom of the, now they're clamoring for that number seven spot <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, so why do we even do predictions at this point? I think next year we'll just do like a, um, what teams do we think will surprise? <laughs> this year? And you know what? You can't really be All wrong with a lot of them. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so let's, let's, let's talk about it a bit here. They, on MLS website today on Tuesday, uh, they came out with a list here of who can clinch the playoffs or be eliminated this week. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's walk it through here. So um, Sporting Kansas City, and Rapids can clinch a playoff spot during this week's action. And that's during the the day that you're listening to this episode that we released it. Wednesday has some action going on here. Uh, and Sounders can actually clinch a top four seed in the West. Um, and Dallas can be eliminated. So let's talk about the, the ways here. So Seattle Sounders can clinch a top four spot if they win or tie versus Colorado or – they lose or tie versus Houston and uh, sorry, LA, LA loser tie versus Houston and Portland loser tie versus Vancouver. So really if the Islanders just get a point, they clinch a top four spot. SKC can clinch a berth if LA lose versus Houston or Minnesota, Minnesota lose slash tie with uh, with Philadelphia or Vancouver lose versus Portland and LAFC loser tie versus Dallas. So nothing that SKC does matters on if they clinch a berth right now, because I guess they're not playing uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Colorado can clinch a berth if they win versus Seattle or if they tie and other teams lose and tie. So if Colorado ties, Vancouver has to lose or tie, and L.A. has to lose. Um, or Colorado tie and Vancouver lose or tie, and Minnesota lose or tie. Or Colorado tie and L.A. lose versus Houston, Minnesota lose versus Philly, and LAFC lose or tie versus Dallas. Or Vancouver lose or tie and Minnesota lose. Um, <laughs> Dallas can wild. be eliminated. Dallas can be eliminated by losing or tying versus LAFC. Okay. And that's it. That's all of your possibilities for the week here. For we- for Wednesday. Sounds like a whole lot of elimination in the West. Like you can't get to this spot. <laughs> if I win, you can't get here. Yeah. Um, or if I lose, I'm going home. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. Can we just mention the fact that uh, all three of the Texas teams probably by tomorrow are going to be sitting at home, not playing. Um, and actually they had an interesting stat, Jordan. It was, who was it? Oh man, this is going to kill me. It was either SKC or the Sounders, I believe. No, no, sorry. No, it wasn't. It was Minnesota. Um, there was a guy on Minnesota's Twitter reel and extra time said this today. I was listening to their podcast today, at least. Um, and they said that Minnesota's 
ma- the majority of their games, the I think they've had the highest percentage of games against the Texas teams currently. So that's wow. kind of why they're sitting in that seventh spot. And I think that still doesn't make sense. Don't you? Shouldn't they be higher at this point? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was like Vancouver because there was a bunch of fans below them complaining that they've only played Texas teams, but all these, you're going to end up playing the Texas teams anyway, this in this five stretch. So I, I think that's where uh, I think it was the galaxy because the galaxy played Houston and Dallas. Um, and I think I forget who else it was that was complaining because they had to play. So, or they got to play so many of the Texas team. I think it was like San Jose or somebody. Um, yeah, because it's Austin and they play Dallas and stuff. And they're like, well, they've gotten to play those teams. And well, they're like, well, you've got to play them too. It's just a matter of when. So pretty interesting stuff, though. I mean, Houston – or sorry, Minnesota, this team that we thought Jordan's uh, MLS Cup pick, right? They still can. They'll probably yeah. be the team that does it because – Unless they're just... sitting at home, Jordan, that's going to be kind of hard. I mean, if they make <laughs> it, if they make it. Um yeah, yeah. If they make it, maybe you know, like they're one of those teams that you'll just be like, "What? How yeah. do they do that?" Um, which we get sometimes. But yeah. uh, the uh, schedule. Uh, so the schedule, of the playoffs, of course, they start Saturday, November twentieth. So while we only have five games left, I think the last game is on November seventh, and then they have the international break, mm-hmm. and then we'll get back into action on the twentieth. So we're gonna yeah. have some time off here. Not that we'll be off of the show because we'll be doing the other stuff, the, the qualifiers, but they start on uh, the 20th of November. Both of those games are going to be on uh, Univision and TUDN, and then we'll have some ABC, ESPN, FS1 games um, and some big Fox games. It's going to be fun. Uh, the, the actual MLS Cup is going to be on ABC on December 11th at 3 p.m. The great thing about the playoffs, Jordan, um, not that you'd care, um, <laughs> the 20th is when I start my Thanksgiving break. Uh, they'll play all the way up until the second round. The 30th is like, I think there's a couple of games on the 30th that they'll play. Um, that'll be like where I go back to school. And then the fun thing is fourth and fifth, that's the conference finals. So Saturday, Sunday. And then the 11th is also on a Saturday. So I'm like, heck, I'll be able to see every single game except maybe if they play like some random times on the 30th, which I doubt they would, but. I'll be able to see every single game, which is exciting. Well, Tuesday the 30th, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't have a time yet. They don't have a time yet. They have a time for the 28th, though, already. Okay. Is it one Um, game on the 30th, though? Yes, one game. Okay, it'll be be a night game, so... Yeah, so it'll probably be like an uh, 8-something o'clock. So I might might even jump on and live stream if I'm I'm home. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, when I look at this list here... Thankfully, this is something that doesn't always happen here. We're only going to have three weekday games, which or yeah. like three weekdays that have games. Um, the 23rd, we'll have two games on that day. We'll have one game on the 25th, mm-hmm. and we'll have one game on the 30th. So the rest of them are going to be weekend games, which is awesome because there will be time to actually sit down and watch these games. Um, so I'm super excited for that. Fifth? thanksgiving it is isn't it is it i feel like it is this year isn't it it's the fourth thursday of november yeah yeah so we're gonna have a thursday night thanksgiving game <laughs> that's wild that okay. is awesome it's a 4 30 they that's you know great. i think they did announce that it's on fox, it fox? Of, that'll be yeah, right after I, the football game because yeah, they're on yeah fox. that's what they're doing it for that's what they're doing no it for. way that's wild 
Now I have to try to convince people wherever I'm at for Thanksgiving to turn on the MLS game. <laughs> you can come down here for Thanksgiving, Jordan. I'll have it on. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the bad thing about having family around here, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm family. <laughs> Just feel like I got to go see Logan, I guess. Yeah, I got to go see Logan now. Yeah. Um, playoff structure here is in round one at six single elimination games. Um, the match is tied after 90 minutes. There's two 15-minute extra time periods. Uh, then they'll go into penalty kicks. There's no longer away goals. Semifinals are four single elimination games, two games in each conference. That's the conference semifinals. Yeah. Um, same rules for extra time, so nothing different there. And then conference finals, two single elimination games, no no away goals, same extra time rules. So that's your rules for the playoffs. Uh, so let's talk about the games that are coming on tomorrow. We have, or tonight, whenever you're listening to this, Wednesday on the 20th, we have Atlanta versus NYCFC at 7.30, Cincinnati versus Chicago, D.C., New England, Miami, Toronto, Orlando, Montreal, all of those on ESPN Plus and all of those on se- at 7.30 Eastern. Then the 8 o'clock games, we have Dallas versus LAFC and Minnesota versus Philadelphia. Shout out to Jack from the final third podcast. And, you know, he jumped on and talked some, what if uh, with me on my Marvel show, he got tickets to the union game. He's going to go see it in Minnesota that he's going to go see Minnesota versus uh, union. So um, I told him in the next year or two, I, I should come up there and hang out. Uh, Eight 30. We have Houston versus LA galaxy and Nashville versus Columbus. Then at 9 o'clock, we have Colorado versus Seattle. And then 10 o'clock, Portland-Vancouver. And 10.30, San Jose-Austin. I feel like San Jose-Austin played like three times this year. Um, All those games on ESPN+, Plus. none of those on national TV on Wednesday. Saturday, we have at 3.30, Seattle-SKC. This is on Univision, TUDN, and Twitter. Six o'clock, we have Columbus versus Red Bull. Seven thirty, we have NYCFC and DC United. Philadelphia versus Nashville. Toronto versus Montreal. All of those at seven thirty on ESPN Plus. Eight o'clock, we have Chicago RSL, Miami, Cincinnati, Minnesota LAFC. All of those on ESPN Plus. All of those at eight o'clock. Then we have Colorado versus Portland at nine. LA Galaxy and Dallas at 10 on Unimas, TUDN, and Twitter, and San Jose, Vancouver at 10. Then on Sunday, we have two national games Austin versus Houston uh, on ESPN at 5 and 7 30, Orlando, New England Revolution on FS1 at 7 30 on Sunday. Pretty fun. Pretty, pretty good list of games here. Uh, that uh, Orlando, New England one sounds yeah really fun. The wild thing is, is when we get back next week and do the next episode, we'll be down to three games left in the season, and that's yes. crazy. That's like that's insane. That's so. If you don't listen to us, we've done the Premier League full season, and we're on to our second season. We're about to our final season or our first uh, season here. We're almost done with the finale here on on stateside. We're almost through. A, like next year in World Cup qualifying, I'll feel complete. 
Yes. I feel like yes. we've done the gauntlet. <laughs> we would have done the full qualifying. That would right. be really great. Yeah. It would be beautiful. So, no, I'm excited. No, there's a lot of good games and a lot of good playoff games. Um, tomorrow night, I'm going to be busy as heck on Twitter just because the, they're like 7 30, 7 30, 8 30, 7 30, 8 30. It's like, oh my gosh, they're all at the same time. Um, and not so much the have, 10 o'clock games. But. Do we have the NLCS tomorrow as well? Uh, that'll be, yeah, NLCS tomorrow and the ALCS uh, is the today. Following is, yeah, it's today and then Thursday. Wait. No, they play three games straight, don't they? I don't think they take a break in between their three. Although they might not need it with the NLCS because it's currently. Oh, yeah, there's two games tomorrow, too. Okay, so because we do baseball on another show as well. So we'll be covering those and the MLS games tomorrow. Plus, uh, the NBA is back, and I'll be watching the Wizards tomorrow. So I got a lot of stuff going on. Lots of sports tomorrow. (laughs) I was, like, overwhelmed. I was like, this is where I need one of those four-screen setups in my office where I can just, like, live stream or whatever I'm doing for fun. Yes. I don't know. Maybe maybe one day we can live stream a baseball game if we can find a game to watch that's not going to one a.m. or whatever crazy. Yeah, let's let's talk uh, Ricardo Pepe. Let's do it. I was going to mention him before we got off, so that way we could talk about him. Sounds like uh, oh, this is from an hour ago. Okay, uh, Roger Gonzalez said yeah, yesterday, right? Reporting from our friend Chris Smith um that he had agreed with personal terms but according to well i don't i don't know why this is okay this bavarian footballworks.com mm-hmm. which is about bayern is saying that it's going to be wolfsburg um and they're crediting Chris Smith on that, but I don't think it's ever. I don't think it's official yet. I do think yeah. that he's, he has submitted his transfer request. He's already agreed personal terms, but I think it's going to come down to who can. You know, we just got talked today about Liverpool entering, mm-hmm. and Dortmund is interested, and you know we've heard Ajax is interested, and I think Wolfsburg is the best spot. Just go to the Bundesliga and win. I, I understand people saying. People get real attitudes online. Yeah. Well, Twitter, I guess, where they're like, oh, remember when everybody thought Alfonso Davies wasn't going to start at Bayern Munich? Well, Pepe's going to start anywhere he plays. I don't know. Uh, and I'm not saying that to slight on Pepe. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, Liverpool don't really play with a striker. Pepe's no. a striker. So I'd, I, w- I would worry about that just because is Klopp the type that changes system? Usually no, right? Matt tells us all the time that uh, they just roll with whatever the system is. So I I would worry about that. But Wolfsburg, just a team where he can kind of make that jump, get his feet wet in Europe, and then he can make the jump to one of those big clubs afterward, Mm -hmm. I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think you're looking at one of the best U.S. men's strikers that we've ever really had, to be honest with you. I think eventually – his name will get thrown in and I know he's young and he's, and he's just starting to develop a career, but I mean, he, his talent and his skills, his ability is so big too. Um, he's strong for an 18 year old or 19 year old, how old he is. Um, he's got 13 goals in 27 games in MLS played in the MLS all-star game as a sub also has two goals in CONCACAF, uh, in just three matches that he's played. Um, <laughs> the kids built quite a resume and he deserves every bit of that transfer that he's going to get. Um, it'll just be a matter of like, I agree with you, Jordan, though. I really, 
I really want him to go to Wolfsburg. Um, I know that there was other teams that were mentioned out there that would be interesting. I know IX would be interesting, but I think that if you really want to see him grow, being in the Bundesliga, it seems like where our players have really had success just because it it caters to the attacking players uh, a lot more than a lot of these other leagues. Um, they don't defend as well. So I think that getting him that time in Wolfsburg and he'll be over there probably in the March or, you know, April, or sorry, February, March, really getting into the system. That gives him a whole, you know, two or three months and then the, the beginning of next season to get ready for qualifying and, and world cup or sorry for world cup. Um, if we're qualified already. So I don't know. I like the Wolfsburg move the best. I, I think that's the best place for him right now. Cause he's playing against those big guys in the Bundesliga. Yeah. The worst thing would be to go somewhere that he's not yeah. starting or playing a lot of games because we are going into a world cup year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be worrying like Bayern. I, like he's not going to start every game at Bayern. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says because Lewandowski is the best striker in the world, and he's even ha- he's having a ridiculous season again yeah. and a ridiculous calendar year that they're not going to be like, hmm, let's just start <laughs> Pepe every day. Like he would get he would get minutes, you know, he would get minutes, but yeah. I I feel like you'd want him playing as we go into a World Cup. If we qualify, you know, more minutes. But, uh, you know, he's got to leave Dallas at least. Dallas has been awful. They're not even trying to build a team there, and that's unfortunate. I I did want to also talk about, right before we leave here, the Hudson River Derby had, like, nobody show up this week. And part of it is probably COVID protocols and stuff, because I know New York and stuff is a little stricter on that kind of of stuff. I but, know they require vaccines and stuff for but entrance, it, but it is, I, I think, a testament that we've talked about a bit about how these two New York teams that we have are both just feeder clubs to Europe. Yeah. Um, and lately, that ni- neither of them have signed big names to draw any. Like David Villa drew people into the stadium, even though he turned out to be an awful person. Um, you know, Terry on Ray, Tim Cahill. You know, like names that people kind of were able to know outside of just the general soccer population um, it is what would draw. And even then, if they were actually good teams, they probably have some more people showing up, but it's almost at this rate, both of them are just playing kids to try to sell those kids on later and make a quick buck that way and make their Manchester city or their Red Bull Leipzig, a better team instead of worrying about, um the team here and i think the fact that both new york teams are like that has really kind of just disillusioned the new york fan base a bit and you also have the issue of nycfc not having a proper stadium red bull stadium being kind of further away um i don't think any of these teams make people think this team represents me and this team represents new york because neither of them really do they represent Leipzig and Man City. That's what they represent. Uh, They even have the same jerseys. Like, that is not New York. Like, none of them show anything about New York. Nothing comes from New York City to Man City. I can tell you that from being a City fan. There's nothing that's come from them that's played in the U.S. Angelino, I mean, he went up. But he he went to Leipzig. yeah, the plan was the plan was to sell him, yeah. and they made money off of that transfer. Right. And Harrison, they made money off of that transfer. Yeah, but again, it's like uh, I I totally agree with you though. It's just it's a it's 
it would be a horrible way to, to root for a team. Like if your team just constantly was a Dallas or a Red Bull or NYCFC, like they're just not going to be competitive in this landscape. They're just not because I, and especially, could you imagine if MLS does uh, eventually like because of this partnership with the league MX and the, uh, what is it? Campiona's cup. Um, like having this whole like brand starting to expand and they're going to give you more money to spend. Cause you imagine if these other teams had more money to spend that are just going to be theater clubs. Like they, it would just be, it'd be really brutal then. I think, I think you would see even more of the, let's just start selling everybody that starts playing well. Well, when do um, we get, when do we get a third New York team that's part owned by Newcastle United now? Yeah. Yeah. Or a Byron. I know Byron had training facilities put up in, in New York. So yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's coming. I think there's another one coming, and Brooklyn is always a hot spot to put teams now. So just I have NYCFC move to Brooklyn. It's yeah. not that difficult. That's but. the other thing I was wondering, like why they haven't decided to use Brooklyn because Brooklyn. It's one of the cool five backdrop. boroughs. They're supposed yeah. to. I think they were like, oh, we represent all five of the boroughs, but yeah, um, they don't represent anything when they play in New Jersey they because they can't Manchester. play in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Um. Th- I, I don't like this idea of clubs wearing the same jersey as their parent club either. You know what it's like? It's like going to a single-A team yep. of a team that you don't root for. So in this case, I mean, if you're like a Manchester United fan that's also an NYCFC fan, it's like you are a Yankees fan that goes to an Orioles single-A, mm-hmm. and you're like... Woo! Go team! <laughs> and they're wearing the same Oriole type jerseys. They have a bird as their logo, but you're like, "That's my team," but it's not because it doesn't represent anything about you or the team that you like anywhere else. Like it's just stupid. But I don't know. I don't want to go in too long about it, but it's it's just frustrating. And I, you know, I I think it would be nice if anybody could ever ask Don Garber about what are we going to do about these New York teams? Because mm-hmm. I know that you got the $100 million some dollars, $300 million from when NYCFC entered the league, but they're not adding anything to this league anymore. Watching, watching them either play in Red Bull Arena or like uh, the outfield of, of Yankee Stadium. Ridiculous. They're my least favorite parts of MLS right now. They just aren't interesting to watch at all. No, they, they don't bring anything. It's the same no. thing with, with Dallas, but Dallas doesn't even have a reason <laughs> <Yeah>. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> They've got no feeder club. They're gonna, Dallas gonna... feeder club is all of Europe, and they make money, and sometimes Syria they don't off. even get paid for it. They're the Syria <laughs> off arm system. Yeah, sometimes they don't even get paid for it, right. uh, like this uh, Reggie like Cannon the, uh, right. and stuff. All yeah. right, uh, let's – uh, if you want to follow us, you can tweet us uh, on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us statesideshow at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next week when we're going to be talking about the two games that happened this week and look ahead to the final three games of the season. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Tomorrow, throw of his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans abroad, 
MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.